0: Today, we're talking about Cytex. And let me tell you, for a company that sells linens, uniform services, kitchen apparel, uh, they do restrooms and mat services, first aid kits, they're amazing. The quality is amazing and their service is amazing. But I want to talk to you today about a good friend of mine. His name is Ross Chandler. And Ross is kind of their sales manager over at Cytex. And Ross has been somebody I've known for four years. We had a terrible experience with our linen company. Way too high pars, super long contracts, and they just did us wrong. That's when I met Ross. He came in and did everything right, First off, he cares. He actually cares about our business. He cares about making sure that our guests have the linens they need and that they're stain-free, the color is consistent, and they do an amazing job. They did that throughout the pandemic and he has become one of my good friends. And I'm so honored that they sponsor this podcast today. If you want to feel that way about your linen company, I suggest you give Ross a call. His number is 270-823-2468 and he's waiting for your car. Now, if you're a locally owned and operated restaurant and you're unhappy with your linen company, I'm telling you, you'll be really happy if you give Ross a call and tell him that you heard about him right here on Nashville Restaurant Radio.
1: Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now, here's your host brandon still
0: hello music city and welcome to nashville restaurant radio my name is brandon still and i am your host we are powered by gordon food service and today we are talking with angel and rob floyd uh, they're not married couple. Angel is his assistant, uh, executive assistant, and Rob Floyd is a celebrity mixologist. So what does that mean? Celebrity mixologist. He has worked with Jose Andres, uh, worked on his team when he won the James Beard Award. He has worked with uh, Gordon Ramsay. He currently has a product called Whip Shots that he works with Cardi B. He was on the show Bar Rescue Been on that show a lot with John Taffer, and he does a theater where he actually does a whole show around mixology and bartending. It's a really fascinating thing, and I'm really excited to bring him on the show today because this guy is sharp as a tech, and we had so much fun talking about all things just his life, like the things that he's been through, the things that he's done, and it's been really fascinating. I met him at Meribel; he was the the celebrity kind of guest for an event that we did the other night, and he just blew me away. We had such a great time talking. I said, "Man, you should come on the show." So this is a show that I'm doing without Caroline again. She is uh, on assignment, and she will be back next week. So we are going to be doing some episodes. We'll bring her back and. Uh, excited to have her back i really want to do a roundup because i have so much to talk to her about are you guys watching the bear oh my gosh this show uh you know it came out i've been hearing mixed reactions about the bear and i want to talk about it with caroline because i have so many thoughts i'm not going to give any spoilers right here But I will tell you in season two, episode seven, it is basically about unreasonable hospitality. And we've had Will Godera on the show. And that book has been so amazing to this industry and just everybody out there. But I just, I want to talk about it for a second because I felt seen. I felt triggered. I felt so many things watching this show. And we don't say, yes, chef. No, there's, listen, there's things about the show that are nothing to do with Anything that I do, but some of you maybe, I don't know, but I love the fact that in season one, they come in and they bring in Sid, who's a sous chef. And I just love the fact that they bring structure and they bring organization and they bring passion and they, they motivate people. And they come, out of, they come out of nowhere. These people were line cooks at a shitty kind of a, uh, a, a Chicago beef place, an Italian beef restaurant. And you see these people that are in every restaurant. People that are there, they're just hustling, don't necessarily come from the best backgrounds, but they're so talented and they're so amazing. And you see when somebody believes in them, what they can do. And that's everywhere in this show. I love the brilliance of everyday people who work in restaurants and then they find their thing. They find the thing that they're really good at and they they put everything into it. And it was just so amazing to me. I see this all the time. I see people who are in a restaurant and then you challenge them and you give them an opportunity and they step up and they crush it. And some, maybe some people for the first time, they look and they go, Oh my God, I'm good at something. I'm great at this. And they lean into it and they realize that hospitality is not, that they can do it, that they can create pastries that they can create in this particular case, donuts and amazing desserts. And in season two, there's a moment where um, one of the sous chefs gets a, uh, gets a new pan. And I don't know. It was just, there's just some really, really special things in this show And I was inspired by it. I was inspired by season two, everything that goes into running a restaurant. I felt like there's so many things on a daily basis that we go through. There's so many things that you experience and you don't get a chance to really think about stuff. You just react and you just go. I felt like that was everywhere in this show. And I just, I loved it. I absolutely loved season two. I love season one. If you're not watching The Bear... I'd love for you to watch it. And I reference some things in in this interview, maybe not necessarily from the bear, but some of it, is for, it brought up ideas from the bear and creating magic in what we do and how the guest sees us. And I talk about some of that. So uh, there's one question I ask him, where I ask him, what is the thing that any bar, any restaurant, anybody can do? Through all the episodes of Bar Rescue, all this stuff. What's the one thing that people could do right now to change their bar, to, to fix it right now. What's the number one thing that people just don't do. And I'm going to talk about his answer after this episode. So stay tuned because I have some thoughts and I want to give that to you. Um, I do want to say that uh, there's some great nonprofits out there. Core is one of those children of restaurant employees. And, There's another one called Big Table, and there's another one called The Giving Kitchen. I am on the engagement council here in town for The Giving Kitchen, and all three of these um, nonprofits are just absolutely amazing, and they are helping restaurant employees every single day. And I implore you to go look them up, because if you have a restaurant, you're a leader in a restaurant, you work in a restaurant, these people are helping restaurant workers in crisis, and it is free, and they are giving real help. And I am really want you guys to check them out because this is an amazing benefit that is offered to every one of your employees here in Nashville. And we're honored that these companies are able to do it. If you have the ability to do anything is where you are, you know, run a feature, run a drink special, something that benefits any of these. Um, I just got a message from core the other day that there's a, there's a taco place that has now trademarked Taco Tuesday, and they're going to be donating a portion of their proceeds to CORE. Anything like that that you can do, please reach out to these companies and help them out because they are helping you. And it would be really, really special if you were to be able to help them out. And uh, if you didn't know that these were nonprofits that were available to you right now, then there you go. Now you know. And now you can look into them. And if you have an employee who's in crisis, somebody who's been injured, somebody who can't work and they need help, these are resources that will absolutely help them. And I love working with all three of them here in town. They're just amazing. That is core children of restaurant employees, big table and the giving kitchen. So with that being said, um, I'm so excited. We're going to have a wonderful week this week. I am heading to Florida at the end of the week, and I'm going to be interviewing some restaurants in Florida down in 30A area, and I can't wait to bring you those episodes. We're going to do kind of like, hey, if you go down there, these are the places you need to go, and I'm going to tell you some stories about what they do, and I'm really excited to get kind of embedded and do some fun things over next weekend. So I've got some fun things coming up. New episode coming out following Monday. Uh, We'll have Caroline back. And uh, thank you for listening. If you love this show and you hear this and you want to share it, I would love that. I would love to build this audience as big as we possibly can because I think we're telling some stories here. And my goal is to build this community and share each other's strengths and our weaknesses and our failures and our successes these are things that restaurateurs I hear all the time that they are, man, I just love that story. I learned something here. I pulled something from that. And I love that you guys are calling our sponsors. I love that you guys are understanding that, hey, these are people that that Brandon trusts and that he works with and that they are here to help. These aren't people that just advertise with me. These are people that I know that are my friends that I highly recommend. So I endorse everybody that we talk about. And it's a, a random line on a P&L that you're not really looking at. And we've got this uh, volunteer welding and supply. These guys are amazing. I mean, they come in and so many people use this company called Nuco, which I don't even know where they're out of. But the prices they're charging people are astronomical. We went to volunteer welding and we were paying four times as much for our CO2 with NUCO, but the way that they structured their deal, it's so long and then they they put in on these random prices and volunteer welding is very straightforward. They do a great job. They're local and they can save you thousands and thousands of dollars. And all it takes is a phone call. It's a phone call and go, hey, can you come check this out? And I'm telling you guys, David Perry over there does such an amazing job. But it's a little it's companies like that that just make me so proud to do what we're doing. Over here, let me tell you, if you want to call David Perry, his number is 615-306-7455. That's with Volunteer Welding and Supply. They're your CO2 specialists for all of your Coke and beer and all the different things that you might need CO2 for. Give them a call. What does it hurt? What does it hurt? Give, uh, give them a call over at Superstore, Sharpier's Bakery. These people are doing amazing things. You all know Gordon Food Service. And you all know what chefs want or what some of you know as Creation Gardens. There's just some amazing companies out there. Corson Fire. Has done such amazing things for us, you know, and people are opening new restaurants and I can't get somebody to come do my suppression system. Corson's on fire, man. These guys do great, great job. And I trust them. And if there's anything that you need from them, Kevin Rose is your guy. You're gonna hear an ad for them here in a minute. But give them a call. I implore you, call these people because they are doing the right thing and they want to take care of you. They want you to succeed. So all right, I know you're done with me talking. I get it. Let's jump in right now with Rob floyd super excited today to welcome in rob floyd and angel jennings now rob is a celebrity mixologist and angel is your um executive assistant so i'm so excited to have you guys in studio
2: i'm thrilled thrilled to be here this is awesome
0: uh i'm gonna tell the the A little bit of backstory. So at Maribel we had an event the other night and you were there really as a showman. I mean, you were the entertainment. Absolutely. So as as it was a big birthday party, we had this, they're bringing in a celebrity mixologist, which my eyes immediately roll. I'm not going to lie. I'm like celebrity (laughs) mixologist. (laughs) What the hell is this? Right. And so I come in because I wasn't really going to be there, but I wanted to meet you because I was like, let's check this thing out. And as I met you and I saw what you are doing, I was like, oh, this guy's next level.
2: Oh, thank like you. Like, he's
0: doing really cool things. I immediately found you interesting, and I went, I think you need to come on my show. Uh, I was, so here we
2: are. Yeah, here we are. You know, most people know me from Bar Rescue. I've been on there for 10 years about, and I'm usually yelling at people, making them cry, all that. However, I do those live shows, and I've done them at Caesars Palace for 3,000 people a pop. And, wow. So they're really fun. This was just a really intimate one. I love now living in the Nashville area, and so when friends reached out and said, "Hey, listen, this is a really special birthday coming up. Would you do a little evening?" I was like, "Sure, I will definitely." So
0: Are you, Angel coordinated it all. I immediately felt lucky that like I knew that like we're about to see greatness in a very small venue. It's like oh. you know when you see like Metallica play at the end or something, and you're mm-hmm. like. What is this? It kind of, felt like it was like, we have a guy here who's doing big things in our little place. And you could tell I mean, I, I immediately could, could just tell. And so I want to jump into bar rescue. Can okay. we just start there? Yeah, absolutely. Is that okay? Absolutely. Because I love the show. And I saw a meme the other day that said, this was my favorite bar until it was rescued. You know,
2: <laughs> like That's so funny. People love oh a bar
0: until it was rescued. Now I'm paying for everything, you know? Yeah. Like, um- I want to go through the whole process of how this okay. show works. So you work with John Taffer. Right. Right. And he, yeah. he wants you to invoke a response out of people. That's,
2: oh, absolutely. If you've read
0: his book, it's amazing. Yes. Uh, I've heard him speak. Yeah. But he's so emphatic. And you watch the show. How much prep is done? Do people submit that they want to be on the show?
2: How does yes it work? and no. So they sometimes submit, but we also have teams that search everywhere, and they're all over the nation, especially now because the show's been such a, a dynamic hit. and And he's legit; he's the real deal. Lots of uh, and fun to work with, but incredible to watch. I mean, he's very compelling. So you have people that want to be on the TV show desperately, and then you have people that they think they should be on it, and that. Their place is amazing, and John would never yell at them, and that's where the gold is. That's where when you're going to do a show, and they're like, "I can't believe he's yelling at me," and they're usually drunk or stoned or both, and it's uh, it's very fun. How often does
0: that happen? I mean, like, okay, I, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself because I have I want to I want to slow this all thing down. good,
2: all good.
0: You identify there's a bar that you want to go rescue, right. right? Whether they submit, however it is, yeah the initial, like, do you, do you go in and scout it pre, I mean, or do, when you, when you walk in the door, right, we're going to bring in Rob Floyd and he's going to help you. Are you going in with him? Or are you going in as the specialist once he's already gone in and disrupted the whole thing?
2: We all see it the first time, the first night, and literally it is four days of absolute madness. It is 18 to 20 hours a day. We haven't seen it. We don't know anything. It is a pressure cooker. Like There's no other. And I think one of the secrets of the show is there's there's no safety net. So you're not sure if we're going to be able to do it. There's one we didn't. The people just fought us the whole way through. So it's you're there to help. John's got insane knowledge. We've got a, a fat pocketbook to be able to help you. But you have other people, just their egos get in the way so much. And th- so... It's really a fun dynamic that always plays out differently each time. But we walk in there to see it, and it is the first time we're there.
0: What's the thing you see at every place? Like, what's the number one cardinal sin? You walk in somewhere, and, like, everybody does this thing. You see it in regular restaurants, too, that needs to be fixed now.
2: I think that they don't take personal responsibility for failure. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is even for us, as we do a thing, whether it's a live show, whether it's a TV show, whatever it is, we always go good, bad, and ugly every day. Good, what was good, what was bad, and what was ugly. We really try to face the music because we can't grow without it. You have so many bar owners that, I mean, everyone, and John uh, really stresses this, is that personal responsibility. Hey, you know, this is, this is your, you did it, and if you did it, you can fix it. And if, he, if you buy into that, you can fix your place. So there's another TV show I do to, uh, called Back to the Bar, where I go and I investigate the bars that we've rescued. And it's fascinating to see the ones that really buy into his, uh, his work. They're striving, they're, they're thriving, they're doing really well, but there's that personal accountability they didn't have before. Then there's others that have just, they should have never been in the bar business. They're, they're still, they may be bitter, they may be just still losing money, but it's always someone else's fault.
0: Wow. I did not expect that answer. Yeah. I think that's so spot on to say. And I'm, the book QBQ, are you familiar with the book QBQ? The
2: question before the question. Question brilliant. behind the question. John the Miller. Book. Oh, brilliant book. Brilliant. He's been on the show. Oh, I love that. He's
0: amazing. But stop asking incorrect questions. How come, how come they never do this? Go, well, what can I do to change that? What can I do to see myself being successful? What can I do to provide better? What can I do to be a better listener? Right. How can I understand what they're bringing to me? And I can really apply these things. I mean, that's, that's such an amazing insight. Okay. So besides people's own personal accountability, is there an egregious thing that if I'm a bartender today, I can stop doing?
2: You know, if you're a bartender today uh, to stop doing, I, the first thing is it, you're not, never selling anything. That's the important thing is, is it sounds ridiculous. And I, I do about a quarter billion in alcohol sales through my company. And I tell all my teams, and I have 7,000 bartenders I train, is that you never sell, you're providing an experience. And that experience is based on a reaction. If people don't react to the way, they're not connected to you. And if they don't have a connection, they're never coming back. So for my teaching is I, I base it a lot of it off a, a Yale study that says the rule is 17. and The rule is 17 says people laugh and smile about 17 times a day. But in a great bar, they do it 17 times an hour. That's why we go to a great bar. doesn't necessarily mean that the old-fashioned is this way or the – the IPA is incredible, or that it's that reaction, the way that experience. Made the Exactly, that experience, that connection. And once you get that and it could be a dive bar, it could be one of the highest ends, it could be a James Beer bar. It could be any of that, but without that, you're going to fail.
0: And you can do that anywhere. Right. Like you said that's not limited to a bar.: Correct. I went to it twice daily yesterday just to buy a water. I was going to a meeting and I had, I was just like, I'm thirsty. I'm going to get a water. And I went up and I got the water and the woman just, she just scanned it. And then she, and she just kind of was like cash or credit kind of a thing. And she's like, swipe the card. And I didn't, I said, thank you. And she went, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, in that moment I turned around and I walked out and I went, what a missed opportunity just for a person to, and I don't know what she's going through. I don't, I don't know right. anything about anything there. But like, what an opportunity to be like, thank you very much, or have a good day, or, and I kind of like, thank you, like, thank you very much. And, like, mm-hmm. and it's like, just connecting, like, just that yep. little thing, even at a gas station, anybody out there, just through genuinely
2: caring or wanting to create, you can do this anywhere. No, it's so true, and and it's not just the feeling, but you can create a vertical off of that. I was working um for sales, I was working with a, a buddy of mine who had a, um basically a gas station that they're selling from. So we gave the person a really sweet thank you. Can't wait to see you again. By the way, you want an icy water and they had bottles of water on ice there. And it was amazing. We were selling an extra 100 to 120 bottles of water, which cost us nothing, which bring in an extra 100, you know, a day, at least. Two, you know. Sure. So it was fascinating. But also, we just saw people come back again and again. And then they would remember, it was really that. They had a connection. positive
0: reaction to that. Exactly. Somebody actually invested in me and asked me if they wanted to just engaged me. But there was a, a reaction. It right. wasn't transactional. There was a reaction to the way you treated them. Yeah. I absolutely. see this angel in your daily life with him.
3: With this guy here?
0: Just in everything you do. Like, I mean, what are your observations? Do you go with him on these shoots? And do you see what happens at Bar Rescue? And
3: I do go with him on some of the trips for the events that we do. Bar Rescue was before my time. And I keep him so busy he hasn't had a chance to go back on there here lately. But, I mean, it, it's true. It's very funny how we had a conversation with uh, – someone yesterday whose bar we we're thinking about rescuing here in Nashville and the the biggest problem that we see is the turnover in staff. And they don't understand how important that, that is because if I go to a restaurant or a bar and I see the same bartender that I have something in common with or I can have a conversation with or they, you know, make a joke or make fun of me, whatever it is, you know, I'm gonna go back. Even if I have a bad experience or a bad drink or Whatever it is, my, um, I managed a restaurant for 18 years, and I mean, half of the people that came in there came just to see me or one of the bartenders or some of the staff that was there, and it wasn't specifically for the food. So, I mean, that's like one of the biggest things in my mind that people need to do. Turnover
0: is yeah. a big issue, right? I yeah. think I saw a poll on LinkedIn yesterday. I said, what's your, what's your biggest issue in your restaurant? Is it implementing technology? Is it leading your team or is it staffing? And like 80% of the rest, because I, I put implementing technology as mine.
2: Right. Because leading, mine through, too.
0: leading through change and identifying what technology you need, learning the tech and then installing the tech and then teaching the tech to everybody, which is the evil word of change. Yeah. That is really hard. Yeah. Keeping staff... And staffing shouldn't be the hardest thing if you're doing the right thing. What what advice would you give to somebody? What are you seeing out there? Why why is staffing such an issue?
2: Well, staffing such an on a global scale, um, we noticed uh, with uh, one of my clients is Princess Cruises. Amazing experience, really incredible. But that with the shutdown, um, the pandemic is we lost all of our staff. So yeah. it was the big challenge of hiring tens of thousands of people. And then all of a sudden getting them up to speed to slowly sort of launch and all, and then to train them. So the staffing for us was the first big challenge was a lot of our teams come from very rarely the States. So you're looking in Asia, you're looking in, in Europe, and that's where a lot of our teams come from. But it's all of a sudden, it was crazy to get them and then we were also competing at the same time with every other cruise line out there. Because yeah. then it's like, so we you really had to listen to find out what everyone was looking for. You know, it what they, was it just money? Was it more time off? Was it more time off on the ship? Was experience
0: it, of being on the ship. Like, the cause yeah. it's an experience in itself working on a uh, cruise ship. Yeah, absolutely. And some people, that's their dream. Like, I just want to go be on the seas and go out and do the, I mean, if you're a young person, you don't have to be a young person. You can be an old person. I don't care. But like if you just want that experience young before you get married and have kids and kind of settle into your career, you want to go work on a cruise ship for a couple of years. That's what, an what amazing I, would opportunity. That's why I wish I
3: would have known this guy a long time ago. <laughs>
2: now, and then so for me, staffing in the States hasn't been a problem because I always take my bar teams. And, and honestly, one time I was rescuing a bar in San Francisco, not on the show. But uh, by the end of the day, I had fired everybody in the bar. And uh, so I went to Starbucks, and I hired a whole bunch of baristas. And then I taught them how to bartend in about four days, you know, so they could get – because if you can remember half-calf, double-decaf, you know, with skinny this or what. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so – but that structure and that passion and that excitement, getting them to be able to provide those experiences we talked about was key. So for me then with my bar teams is I try to – build them to stars. I try to put them on whether it's John shows or my TV shows, whatever it is, I try to put them on that and elevate then I also try to find out what their goals are, whether it is in in hospitality or not. But I have so many bar teams that are actually working around the world right now cuz I'll have these guys come up to me and say, "Well, I've never traveled." And I'm like, "Well, where do you want to go?" And do you want to go to Europe, do you want to go to Asia." And they look at me like I have a third eye in the beginning. <laughs> But then it's like we start to work out a plan so that I can put them either with a ship or with a group that I'm working with so that they can spend a month in Paris or a month in London. And it really changes them forever.
0: So if I got people out there listening right now, I've got somebody out there who's like, I am into this. I want to do this. Should they contact
3: you?
2: absolutely absolutely
0: how would they contact you instagram send you a message
2: instagram drink with rob is easy or the website and what is that
3: yeah if you actually go to the website rob floyd there's a contact us page and it actually comes straight to me
0: there you go so there's they're, they're going to europe and asia to find people we have people right here in nashville if you yep. want to be part of that experience or you want to work with princess cruises i know you're still working with them yep.
2: and they train where do they do all their training so now they do it all in Nashville. So wow. we fly teams in. We have a team right now at the studio working right now. Um, Sarah Turbert, one of our one of our amazing mixologists is there. I have a whole mixology Sarah's team. Sarah's been in here. She's a good friend. Oh, is
0: she? She worked fantastic. she worked at Marbel with me for a little while too.
2: No way. Turbert, Sarah Turbert. Turbert. Yeah. yeah, she's just Awesome. And so I also, you know, I do the, I have a contract with the NFL. I have a contract with a resort that's coming out, plus uh, international golf courses. So for us, you know, hospitality and beverage is huge. We can't wait, but we try to uh, send teams out that make people just fantastic behind the bar. Very different um, approach. Uh, They just have to have that excitement, passion to learn.
0: And personal accountability. Yeah. Yeah absolutely the other side of that, that that coin and i think when you have that you can work anywhere when you stop blaming other people for everything yeah for the energy and I'm, I'm an alcoholic right so i'm not but i'm also level one sommelier so i i'm I drink a lot in my life and i know fair amount about alcohol but the serenity prayer right that yeah. god grant me the strength to accept the things i cannot change and the courage to change things i can that's personal accountability I can't change. I can't change you. I can't change anything else I do. I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not going to blame anybody for that. That's energy in the world. That's what it is. But the things I can change, and the number one thing you can change, is looking at you in the mirror.
2: It's so true. Every day. Now, what? Um. so like with cocktail theater, the big shows that I do all over the world, and, and um, I whether it's Caesar's Palace, it was about 10 years ago, my brother John, who's a uh, recovering alcoholic, he came to a show and loved it. and was so much fun. And he said to me, it would be so cool if I could try the drinks, but I couldn't. And so that was just such a light bulb moment for me and my company is, as you were at that event, there was 10 people not drinking alcohol, yet they were served every drink. It was just made zero proof, which is one of our nice. biggest trending things. Oh, it's we, huge. We call them a designated driver drink so that they get a special whether it's a flower or about so our team always is able to recognize and it's scalable but as long as they have that on they're getting the same drink it has no alcohol to it it has that same experience that same fun taste that you know um adventure in a glass if you will are you are you paying attention to the non-alcoholic trend it's gone from, on the on the global scale, it's gone from about 4 to 4.5% to about 12%. It's staggering it's, the numbers. My
0: sister owns the first bottle shop here in Nashville that is a non-alcoholic bottle shop called Killjoy, and it's right over off Wedgwood, but she has, it's called, it's, it's a fantastic name, but she That's has all non-alcoholic spirit, spirits in there, and wines, and beers, and the whole thing, and it's a, you can come in there, you can talk about your recovery, you can do all this stuff, but... She's blowing up. She just was in food and wine the other day. I mean, she's got all kinds of stuff going on. And the non alcoholic thing, I think a bunch of people, and I was sober before the pandemic started. Right. Yeah. But I think a lot of people went through the pandemic and they went, wow, when I didn't have anything else, I turned to drinking. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, instead of going to a bar and getting an ounce and a half pour, were pouring themselves four and five ounce pours. And I think over a year they went, hey, maybe I need to stop doing that. I think that a lot of people overdid it a little bit. And, I think that's part of the movement. of This yeah. healthy alcohol is poison kind of a thing. But I think healthy alcohol consumption is fine. I am not against alcohol by yeah. any means. I'm just against, I can't just have one. That's my problem.
2: The, um, for us, it's uh, trying to uh, educate. And ch- uh, one of our core values is changing the way people approach alcohol. Most of the time, we learn to drink in high school <laughs> or college. And there's and one th- reason
0: why you're drinking then. Yeah. It's why you have a funnel. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean like there's a thing for that. It's not because you're like the subtle nuances of this natty ice are fantastic. No, it's five point nine percent and yeah. I can drink it in one point seven seconds. I put three of them in there. Yeah. Go stand upstairs. We'll make the funnel go downstairs. I mean, that's right, right. What we learned to drink. It's not I think that the the cocktail culture is changing. I think over the past ten years, craft cocktails and craft beers, microbreweries, I think people are savoring and enjoying more. Yeah. But I think that the, I think what you're doing is more of the experience of it, right?
2: right? Right. No, absolutely.
0: We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
3: When you hear that sound, it's probably too late. You need a guy. I want to be your guy. I'm Kevin with Corson Fire and Security, and I'm a Restaurant Territory Account Manager. Do you know who's doing your inspections at your restaurant? Please reach out to me at 615 974 2932, and I'll be glad to come out and take a quick look and look at all your fire safety inspection needs. If you're building a new restaurant, we can help with that too. As far as kitchen suppression, fire extinguishers, emergency lights, we do it all. One stop, one shop. Call Kevin at 974-2932. Let me be your guy, Nashville.
0: We are joined with Jason Ellis from Super Source Nashville. They have been a sponsor for this podcast for almost three years. We are so honored to work with them. This is a great company and a great man. Jason, what can people expect if they give you a call?
1: We'll come out, do a complete audit of their facility, see in which ways we could help them approve, if any, um, and see what we can do as far as helping them save some money. So the first thing they got to do is just give us a call, 770-337-1143, or they can email me directly at jellis at com. We'll come out, take a look at your operations, see in which ways we can help
0: that's amazing so if you're out there right now listening to this call jason ellis or email him today hey guys we are supported by sharpie's bakery and we've been supported by sharpie's bakery for the last year and i tell you i couldn't be more proud of this partnership guys they're a locally owned and operated bakery right here in nashville for the last 36 years yes they deliver fresh baked bread daily to your restaurant's back door and man is it good you want to know what kind of bread they make go check them out at sharpies that's c-h-a-r-p-i-e-r-s bakery.com so they have over 200 types of bread and if you're wondering well hey look it's a special recipe that i like to use that you know we bake it in our house and it's just it's a kind of a pain but we we like to do it they can take your recipe and make that bread for you without any of the hassle the mess the labor They'll just deliver it right to your door every single day. It is freshly baked. they love to give you a tour of their facility. Give Erin Moso a call. Her number is 615-319-6453. You should do it now.
2: And speaking of zero-proof cocktails, is um there's now a bar in New York City that is a zero-proof bar. Phenomenal. Um it's, it's a regular they, bar, just no alcohol. Yeah, they just they opened it. There was a young she's probably 22. I forget her name offhand. But she, she started it as a, as a joke, as a lark of like, hey, I don't drink, but I want people to find a place. It is blown up. It is blown up. It's amazing to see.
0: That's awesome. All right. We're not here to talk about non alcoholics
2: <laughs>
0: Tell me about yourself. Like, where'd you grow up? How'd you get into this? What's kind of your background?
2: Um, so my dad was a, a, a doctor, a pediatrician. Brilliant, brilliant guy. A bunch of my uh, brothers and sisters are doctors. Um, there's nine kids in my family.
0: Where are you on the pecking order? Uh,
2: there's one younger. Um, so you're like the baby. Almost. Uh, almost but you're almost, one of the, yeah. the babies. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And um, the the thing, the reason I loved it so much, um, you know, uh, school, regular school wasn't really for me. Uh, where it was for a lot of my brothers and sisters who were, you know, again, doctors, lawyers, uh, Wharton grads and brilliant uh, for me, it was, my dad would always be this incredible storyteller during dinner, and he would tell the most wild, amazing stories, whether they are history, whether they were uh, about Shakespeare, whether it didn't matter. So for me, the, the dining experience, even as a little kid, was never about the food, although my mom was a great cook and, and had to be for nine kids, but it was the story. It was the moment. It was that sharing time together. And then... Um, I guess really then what happened was my dad got tired of getting the same gifts for his birthday or Father's Day. You know, it was like, oh, a bar of soap or, oh, the same cologne. So he came up with the most brilliant thing in the world, and that was for all of us to memorize poetry. And so we all had to memorize poetry for his birthday. And it was incredibly hard because you had to say it to him, and whether it was Yakes or Sullivan or Shakespeare— but all your brothers and sisters were back at dad and you know, they were making faces at you. So you had to get through it. <laughs> and now that, you know, my, uh, it was just one of those points where you know, both my parents have passed and my brothers and sisters all still get together and we still remember all of these things. And we can, you know, it, it's just that connection and that bond that we have together of, of those gifts that we gave to him for those father's days or, or birthdays for all those years. Wow. That's fascinating
0: you have any traditions around that, like that you growing grown up, Angel?
3: No, not that I could tell you. I grew up in the country, and my uh, <laughs> my parents just worked, and believe it or not, we had a pig farm. Can you believe that? Well, that's nice. You had a pig
0: farm? <laughs> we did.
3: We did. Uh, my grandfather, he uh, made shoe heels to put on shoes for, like, $2 an hour, I think. It's just the, the craziest thing to... Uh, See where you come from, and when you really think about it, it, it's amazing. Like where you guys are now, and food industry, and who would have ever thought that you know mixology and would get you to the celebrity status that Rob is right now. Well, so, it's an accidental profession. Yeah, I think it is. that's
2: the biggest thing. Is like you didn't. How did it really? happen for
0: you? You said that straight, but like, how did you get into? I mean, you talked about the the reading poetry and your brothers and everybody's doctors, Wharton School, yeah. all these things. Where did you, being the youngest man, so I'm, I'm just envisioning you being in a house with all these overachievers, being like your dad, was there a rebellion in you that was like, I'm not going to do everything that they did because...
2: Not necessarily. It was more, um, I love the storytelling aspect so much that I became an actor. I went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. I performed okay. at Carnegie Hall. And it was always that core... Of the storytelling that from my father, and then I was working with James Cameron um, on a TV show called Dark Angel and Jessica Alba, and I—I uh, I mean, at this point, I'd already won an Emmy with all my children and done, but I was a single dad with two kids, and um, I was working 16, 17 hours a day, and I really wasn't being the dad that I needed to be. So I ended up quitting acting, and I didn't know what to go back to do, and. Years earlier, I became a bartender because somebody didn't show up. So I was like, "I can bartend," you know, and that's how most people learn. And um, so I went back to uh, a, a trial bartender. by fire, exactly. And so what happened though was I, I loved the storytelling part, and I ended up taking over a place uh, eventually called the Chateau Marmont. In um, and every day across the bar, there would be. McConaughey. There, would be, um, there would be Drew Barrymore. There would be every single star in Hollywood. And it would be this, this amazing uh, time to share. And they would just be looking forward to meeting people and talking. And, and really, for me, I realized I was becoming more of um, like a puck in Midsummer Night's Dream and coordinating these wonderful nights and these wonderful experiences. You're not part of the party, but you're of the party. You're coordinating it through. Sure. And I absolutely realized that I was still the storyteller. It was just a different way of telling that story. Well, you're a magician. Yeah.
0: You're yep. a, and you're a performer. Yeah. You're a performer. You're an actor, but you're, you're providing a service to people, but you've taken something that can be transactional. Right. I'd like a Bud Light, and you're making it theatrical. Mm, right. And you're creating that experience to make that. And then that is kind of where you found your niche. Like, I'm a performer, I'm an actor. I love creating these experiences with people, but I can do this around alcohol. I can do yeah. this around a bar where I feel comfortable, and that's interesting. It's like a magician feels comfortable on stage doing his act. He's doing a
2: similar thing.
0: Yeah. I had this. Are you guys? We talked about this the other night. You're not watching the bear. No, I'm Hulu. dying
2: to see it. I'm dying to see it.
0: I and I'm, I'm in the intro of the show. I'm going to talk about this, but I feel like every day people we get into a grind and if you're a working bartender you're working like i'm working in a restaurant you know like every day a manager walks in they punch in and they turn the lights on and they turn the music on then they count the money then they put the bar drawer down there then they did that there's a checklist for everything and it becomes a grind and then when guests come in we're so used to seeing the behind the scenes stuff that we don't realize that we're magicians yeah. Like everybody so in the building, like what we do every day, we are the magicians. The problem is we're also the woman who's laying there with her legs on the side when they're sawing her in half acting like she's, and we know that it's not real. Yeah. We know we're creating the magic and we forget what the guest sees. And I think that's a major problem. And it's something that as leaders, we have to, I, we have to like bring people back in and remind them to level set that guys we're the ones on stage. Them out there see what we do as magic. We don't see it as magic because we know the behind the scenes and this is what we do and it yeah. becomes routine. When you start realizing that you're on stage and that you're a magician and people are watching you create magic, you put you you, you put that extra in there. And you can't forget that every day because we do it every day. Yeah, And it sounds to me like you get that crystal clear that every single day you're in front of people. You're a magician and you're creating a show and people are watching you and they're with the awe and wonder, I think, are the two emotions people feel when they watch you. Because I saw it the other day. You're a showman. You put the, the glasses on. You have these like minions glasses and he works with, with uh, ni- what's it, nitrogen? liquid nitrogen Liquid, nitrogen, liquid yeah. nitrogen, and he's got this drink and the woman's stirring it and it's creating all this steam, this vapor and, and you're blowing it and it's going right in people's faces and, every- and you could just watch in their eyes. It was awe and wonder. It wasn't. I can't wait to drink. Yeah. It wasn't about getting drunk. It was about the show. Yeah. It's and, funny
3: whenever we start an event. Most of the time, people they're just you know hanging out. They're they're having fun, but it's it's just talking. They know that Rob's coming out, and they're like, "Okay,
0: who's this guy? What's he gonna How do? many yeah. ways
3: can you make a drink? Wow. you know how exciting. But after the the first drink that he makes, everybody just like you said, they're they're like amazed. Wow how, how's this happening? He's a bartender. What's he doing? You know, but the thing is, I've never met a person that hasn't invited us back.
2: When I started working my partnership with Cardi B, right. Um, that's one we'll take off the air. Cause there's some great stories. She is a genius, but the stuff she says goes completely viral. Oh, so, can, I, can I stop you for yeah. one second?
0: So you and Cardi B developed a drink. Yeah drink i'm using air quotes for drink it is called whip shots right and it is a whipped cream that comes in a can that's pressurized you can spray it out right and it's whipped cream but it has alcohol in it what's the abv on that at 10 so it's vodka. a 10 vodka yeah. a, so your whipped cream that you can actually pour on your put in your hand and
2: eat it and it's organic shelf stable non-dairy So background in molecular gastronomy, working with Jose Andres was all these years is how do you make the home bartender a rock star? How do you make them just unbelievable? And so that's one of the, for my company, our innovation is stuff we work with all the time is what is the next big step? What is the next crazy thing that we can do that becomes these unforgettable moments, even at home?
0: Yeah. And so you made whip shots. Yeah. What a fun product. You can Google it. You can find you can find it here in Nashville. Yeah,
2: anywhere? we're in 36 states now. Uh, uh, the genius behind the company itself is Ross Scalar. He's one of the best people I've ever met to work with. Brilliant, brilliant guy. But uh, you, the, we launched originally in California, which is a challenging place to launch. And you have to put the um, aerosol factory and the alcohol uh, distillery under one roof for compliance. So that was a, that's really? a build out. and then of course, with this everything slowing up, took a while to be able to get to demand. But we're in 36 states, we should be in every state by the end of the year. It was just a, a supply chain was a little challenging for us. I can imagine. Yeah.
0: so I love I, I, I love Cardi B. Let me tell you why I love Cardi B. I'm not like a huge fan of her music. I'm not right. like I didn't listen to it on the way here. That's not a thing. <laughs> I don't dislike what she does, but I heard her on Howard Stern. And the amount of realness that she brings, like she's not PR trained. And if she no. was PR trained, I don't think she would listen. Yeah. She is so authentically just who she is and deal with it. Tough shit kind of a thing. i I'm was so impressed. How do you get hooked up with her? And what the hell is it like <laughs> sitting in a room with her working with her? Because. There's no well, she, barred.
2: she and her husband are absolute geniuses. They're they're phenomenal. They're wonderful to work with. Um so, you know, I, I said to my wife, I said, you know, baby, this is and my wife's so brilliant. I said, baby, this is this is great. This is amazing. For the launch, we've got, you know, of course, Cardi B now is on board. We're really gonna, you know, take it to another level. We're gonna do the cocktail theater show. We're going to do it on on my TV show with Spirits Network. So this is really exciting, but I have no earthly idea why I'm working with Cardi B. This makes no sense. <laughs> so she said, think of it this way. You are Martha Stewart, and she's Snoop Dogg, and you will always be Martha Stewart. So every time she says something outlandish or wild, I... I just channel my inner Martha Stewart and keep driving on, and it works out really wonderful.
0: Tell me something she said that's kind of been outlandish or well that you could share. And this is uncensored, so whatever <laughs> she said, it's okay, we're not all right.
2: there we go. Go on, Martha, tell us what tell so, us what she said. So we're rolling. and so I do this uh, TV show called um, Home Bar Hero. We're in our third series, uh, season with um, Spirits Network. And, uh, as we, we launch, she is on our first episode on the, on that season. And she's, um, I'm um, you know, she's approved the script. She's done all that. The we're rolling We're in New York, we also have press there. And of course, you know, she's really not looking at the, the, the script that I've written and not paying attention at all. <laughs> you like, is that's fine. not on the prompter. That's not on <laughs> no. the prompter. So, um, so I'm like, you know, uh, Cardi, you know, and the, the, it, the flavors are amazing and it's selling like crazy now and all that, but. I'm like, um, Cardi, you know, why do you like it? And she goes, Rob, I really like it because, uh, because you know, you, you it has no dairy to it, so you won't have to take a shit in the club. <laughs> and all the girls know which girls takes a shit in the club. The place goes crazy, and if she says this like for in front of everybody, in front of not everybody on, on camera. But we had 1.6 billion impressions that day. And so everything she did was so outlandish and genius and amazing. And you see why it goes viral. And as I'm being my Martha Stewart, I'm in utter awe that she can just make everybody now is eating out of her hand. And she is just controlling the entire room of at least 100. And every time we do these live events, she's unbelievable. She says some outlandish thing, but she knows when to bring it back. She knows when to go back. She, I've never seen anybody like it. That is, that it can, that can just control a, a room, or or. And you're talking sometimes, you know, a thousand people in that room, and she's unbelievably brilliant. Wow.
0: And so the whip and shots funny. are selling really well, and the yeah. whole thing's going great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good.
0: So you're probably making some coin off that, I imagine. Doing you doing partner with that. Pretty well.
2: Doing pretty well. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah.
0: man. So there's. I don't know. I think this is inspirational. I think that there's a lot of lessons in here in what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't... I think everything is about perspective and what we think of it. And Mm -hmm. if you look at things as, I'm a fucking bartender versus, I get to bartend. Right. It's so true. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got to go to work. And if you think that way, maybe that's the wrong culture of a place you're at. Yeah. Like, it should... I feel like before you go to work you get really excited about going to do what you do. There's never a day that, does he ever show up and he's like, I don't want to do this
3: shit today. Never. Never. Is that ever a thing? No. My
0: biggest complaint that I give people is they go, I can't handle you today. Like I'm having a tough day. I can't handle your positivity today. I'm like, tough. You're going to deal with it again today because it ain't stopping. And it's too much sometimes for people. And it's not a show. Right, right. So true. It's not a show. Like it's not something that I'm like sitting in my car crying and I'm like, put on a brave face. I can do this. Like you have to like, that's not a thing. Like I love getting ready for work and I love walking into the building and I love seeing guests and I love, I love, I love watching the awe and wonder of setting that plate in front of somebody or blowing their mind with something that's, why did you do that? I'm like, I was at a meeting last night and a woman who's a vegan, she goes, Oh, I hate going out to eat because I'm so extra and everybody hates it. And I went, you're my favorite guest.
2: Yeah, that's brilliant. Because
0: everybody, maybe you think that everybody doesn't want to deal with you, but I like to lean into people like you. Right. Because everybody feels that way. I love the two little old ladies because everybody doesn't want to wait on them because they're going to split a soup and salad. And I love blowing their minds where yeah. they're like, "Like if my grandmother was there, I'd want somebody to do that for her. Absolutely. And there's a there's a genuine part of service i feel like you a hundred percent get
2: no i love it and you know for me with the cocktail theater it's all of a sudden is i, I became a bartender and everyone made fun of me because i they could still see me on tv What is cocktail theater cocktail theater is the what you witness on a smaller scale a cocktail theater is um a show it's a it's an actual cocktail show um i i now have thousands of them that run where i've scaled it so someone else plays my part um but it is History Channel meets Rocky R Picture Show, and you drink your way through. It is scripted with a backhouse and front of house script, and so I, I, it's what I developed over the past 10 years, and when I started uh, running the SLS and taking over Jose Andres' program, I, I launched this, and the first time I launched it, they were gonna cancel it because nobody bought a ticket for it, so I bought every ticket in the house, and then I couldn't get anybody to go. <laughs> And then six months later, it was the hottest ticket in Los Angeles. But you had to believe and you had to be okay with failing. And then you had to know that you're going to create an experience that is just unforgettable. And then also you're going to be able to have measurables to it is that you're going to drive people to a place. They're going to be so excited. And I think our last measurables were that, um, or at least for that property, was on a Sunday night, we used to do five grand in uh, f and but on uh, cocktail theater night we do 29,000 in fnb and we that doesn't include ticket sales because people couldn't wait to be a part of it and then they would stay instead of the uh, the half hour afterwards they'd stay up to 4 hours afterwards cuz they've met everybody they're part of something so that's what cocktail theater has become and it's something that we always work on and we always bring back i bring in directors i bring in other writers so that we can always build it out, so that it can be themed from pirates to roaring 20s to madmen to crazy 80s, but it is an experience that lasts at exactly 52 minutes, and then we pour them out into the dining room, and it's a lot of fun that way. Wow,
0: and and this is in LA, or is it other cities? They're doing this all over the country?
2: I do it all over the country now as I fly all over and do it, and then um. We have our, I have my, um, my daughter's service dog is coming over and giving you. He loves Herc- you, by the way. Hercules just,
0: is my boy over here. I her, love this dog. We have I, a dog I, in the studio today.
2: We do. He's in in our uh, studios in Franklin. Uh, we always have our staff bring in their dogs as long as the dogs are decently behaved. So it sometimes when days become a little crazy it's always so nice to have a, a cold nose come up and grab you as he's doing right now to you like give yes. me some love
0: i'm i'm so happy this like makes my day like having a, a pup in here and he is really sweet
2: oh thank you he's just, he's just like
0: hey no no stop don't stop petting me don't okay. stop come don't back. Stop. come back come back don't here stop. we're gonna take one more quick break to hear a few words from our sponsors we have john ho with parks reality hospitality on instagram in studio to tell you why as
1: a restaurant worker you can buy a home john thank you brandon there's three things that are fallacies when it comes to buying a home from the hospitality industry number one is that you need perfect credit number two is that you need tens of thousands of dollars for down payment and number three is that you need two years of work history at the same place
0: john you're a restaurant veteran been in the industry a long time how do you as a real estate agent overcome those three
1: myths The first thing we do is we pick a premier partner for lending and that's Foundation Mortgage. Uh, They're gonna be our first stop to get people pre-qualified in the hospitality industry. Number two, we understand that hospitality workers don't work nine to fives. So our phones are on 24 hours a day. Amazing. So if I wanted to call you, how do I do it? You can get me at my cell phone, shoot me a text or give me a call. It's 615-483-0315, 615-483-0315. Or Amanda Gardner at Foundation Mortgage, 865-230. 1031 865 230 1031
0: Follow John on Instagram at househospitality and follow Amanda on Instagram at mortgageamanda What chefs want story is incredibly unique The owner Ron Turnier met with a bunch of chefs in Louisville back in the early 2000s and asked them one simple question What do you want? And the chefs they responded emphatically We want deliveries on Sunday. We want to be able to split any item that you sell. We want a frictionless experience where we feel like we're being served. And so you know what he did? Something crazy. He did just that. So What Chefs Want is not only a company that's delivering fresh produce, fresh seafood, fresh custom cut meats, specialty items, dairy, gourmet, all of that seven days a week, They also offer 24-7 customer support. You want to call, you want to text, you want to email, you can talk to somebody 24-7. Get your delivery seven days a week in an amazing selection of products. That is What Chefs Want. So if you ever wonder why do they call it that, that's your reason. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. We are supported by Robbins Insurance a local insurance agency providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins Insurance is the go-to agency for hospitality professionals in Nashville. Listen, Robbins knows how hard industry professionals work every single day. They also know how devastating accidents can be. Be it a grease fire that damages the kitchen, a severe storm that cuts off power, or a customer slip and fall incident. But with the extensive experience and the savvy to create a policy that protects your business from accidents like those, you can rest easy knowing that the work you've put in will not be for nothing. Visit Robbins' website at robbinsins.com to request a consultation or call Matthew Clements directly. His number is 863-409-9372. Protection you can trust. That's Robbins that's so cool what else are you doing out there i mean so we've got cocktail theater we've got the the spirits network you've got bar rescue shows the actual bar rescue you're doing independent shows you're working with
2: princess cruise lines yeah i'm looking forward to continually grow looking forward to opening in nashville because i the other day I, i what are you doing in nashville uh, you doing I, a theater in Nashville? I'm, I'm looking to right now. I'm meeting with a bunch of people. I'm talking to it. We're looking at uh, some properties and stuff. I got it, a property for you. Oh, yeah? I'll tell you off air. All right. The, um, but the other day is I was working on a, um, on a thing for the ships, and it's where I can take a garnish and make it float away from your drink. And so, like, this this crazy stuff. But, again, I worked with Jose Andres and Fran Andrea and Gordon Ramsay forever. So did like, you win a James Beard Award? Did I hear you say uh, that? Yeah, Jose won it. I was part of his team. Okay. Jose's the genius. And, like, every amazing chef that I've ever worked with, I've, I've been so blessed that all they want to do is teach. They just want to share it with you. They want to say. And if you're willing and passionate about it and you're willing to give them a couple years, they will show you the keys to the kingdom. And I try to do that now with all my teams. Is like someday they're going to leave me. I want them to be better than I ever was. I want them to be the best mixologists in the world. I want them to win every competition or open everything or, you know, just be great parts of the community. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I think that's one of the parts of the community is in my core in the company is we do so much charity. We do um, uh, tons of cancer research. We're working with Scott Hamilton right now on a different things. And, um, he sh- showed up at the other night. No, uh, I was, uh, at Mirabelle. So oh, Mirabelle, Yeah. Mirabelle.
0: So, um, did he show, he was there at the party the other night at, at the end? Oh, okay. So, end, I, Cause I had to leave. So I oh,
2: didn't... he was, he's just incredible, but like partnering with people to make a difference. So that, you know, as I, uh, as you know, my, both my parents are passed. It's like, I know that, you know, another, you know, 50, 60 years, uh, let's hope, um, I want to look back and, and just know we did the best we could. Not only we provide incredible experiences, but I think this year we've raised close to $2 million for cancer research. Wow. And um, it, whether it's also we do the animal shelter for Williamson County, whatever we're doing, it's part of our culture. So everyone who works with us knows that this is really important for all of us.
0: What are your core values? At the, do you have them written down? Like what are your core values for your company?
2: Right now is the first part is to make people happy. And then it's to provide an unparalleled experience. So those are the first two um, that, that we live by. Make that we go people through.
0: happy, provide an unparalleled experience.
2: Yeah. And so the experience can be whether you're opening up a can of whip shots at home and laughing and crazy, or that you're at one of our places that we're working with, whether it's you're, you're off the coast of Alaska today and having the most crazy wild cocktails, or that you're here with us in Nashville.
0: Wow. Okay. We are I think we're at our time. Yeah. Oh. I think we're we've we've gone we talked a little beforehand so we cut into our time a little bit. Angel it's so good to have you. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> thank you so much for inviting she us. She makes
2: it all happen, thank God, because That's like the- most of the time I'm like, Angel, where am I next week? And next month and sometimes like where is it for Europe? That was nuts. You have to coordinate all of that.
3: Yeah, with the different time zones, and I, I'm Googling a lot of different areas just to make sure. So, it's it's always How did wha- you meet Rob? I met Rob through LinkedIn, believe it or not.
0: Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. You're just looking for an executive assistant, and she said,
2: I'll do it. Yeah, and I always, uh, you know, uh, I I, I love to, you always know pretty quickly if you're going to mesh with somebody and all that. And so it, when we immediately uh, interviewed her, I, I loved her, thought she was brilliant and stuff, and um and, and for me, I do the dumbest questions at all. And I love the way you interview people so much. I thought it was genius. But for me, I usually ask them some Harry Potter questions, like what house you'd be in. If they don't know, we take the test. And <laughs> I just, because you're always like, you know, uh, two weeks ago. That was go, my first assignment, Yeah, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, what house are you in? And uh-huh. just so you can roll with it. It's not necessarily that you're the biggest Harry Potter fan, but just so you can roll with everyday, like, um, one day we're in Austria, then one day we're in Germany, then in Spain, then back here. So you're going to
0: Australia for a day or something. Yeah. Like, ah, that's a lot of flying.
2: It is. It is. But then I leave my teams there. They're set up for success. And, and if I can get out of there in a day and get home, it's great. If it takes me a couple of days, then that's fine too.
0: Is there a humility in asking people to take that test? Just to, to, just to see. I mean, there's a side of taking yourself too seriously. Right. And what we do is entertainment. Yes. I mean, for all intents, there's there's food and there's nourishment and there's allergy, There's things that are very serious about what we do. But also it's it's fun. Like every time I have a manager who's like melting down, I'm like, hey, it's just food. Yeah. Like
2: so This important. is this
0: isn't heart surgery. Like when you screw up today, somebody's not gonna die. I mean, of allergies is a different animal, but like that's not the end of it. Like it's okay. And so if you give somebody a, a what house are you in? I'm like, Oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. You know, you're like, if they know on the front end, you're like, Oh, nice. But taking a test to find out what house you'd be in Harry Potter. Is that like a, I just want to find out if you're willing to just play the game. Are you willing to just go, Hey, I'm down. Let's go. Let's let's see what I am. Because if someone's like, I don't understand why that's relevant to this position. You're like, well, then you're not the guy. Exactly. If you're going to have that attitude towards doing something silly, like, we're going to be hanging out with Cardi B doing shots of whipped cream off yeah. of our hands and wherever else. You, I need you to be, uh, I'm going to roll with everything yeah. here. Like, is that part of
2: it? It's completely part of it. And it's, um, you know, we, we do, uh, who, we, uh, we were with Bob, we were doing Bobby, Fle- Bobby Flay. We were working with him doing the Super Bowl this year. And everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. But the guests don't know, and we were able to fix it way before because, you know, it's, but you're rolling with it every single moment. It's completely different. Um, But you can make it all happen as long as you have a great team you can trust and you know your destination. But it's funny, every time we get dropped in a different place or or working or doing a show or training, it's always uh, dealing with the unexpected.
0: Yeah, I I think that's why I love this industry. You wake up every day and I'm like, I have. No freaking clue what I'm <laughs> going to encounter like today. today. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I told somebody that yeah, that was in, in an interview. They said, so what is your, because I have people interview me. Mm-hmm. And they, they said something like, that. what does your day look like? And I go, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know of a day in this industry where I've drawn up a day and it went the way that I wanted it to go. Right. Because well, I didn't plan for the walk-in cooler to go out today. I didn't yeah. plan for the drains to back up. I didn't plan for that guy to poop on the wall. I didn't plan for right. I mean, there's all these different things that you're like, no, today we're gonna show up. We're gonna do this. This is what lineup's gonna look like. We're gonna have this special, execute lunch, and then we're gonna have this break. And then like it never works that way. Yeah. And you gotta be okay with that. You gotta be right. able to pivot on a dime. Yeah. And that's a fun thing. That's why I, that's why I love this industry.
2: Yeah. I I, I thrive I completely on it. Yeah. And it's it's every day is, you know, uh is a challenge, it's a wonderful challenge. And it's how you approach It, it just makes it such a success.
0: I'm excited if you'd watch The Bear. I want to learn more about it from what your thoughts are. Okay, so last thing we do on the show, and we're going to let you guys out of here, is the Gordon Food Service Final Thought. It's just like it sounds. Not a lot of mystery to it. You get to take us out of the show. Whatever you want to say, as long as you want to say it, you're talking to the whole audience. It could be inspirational. It could just be a plug. It could be whatever you want to say. This is your time, and both of you get to go. So whoever wants to start, the show is yours.
3: I'm leaving this one to you, Rob. Oh, I see, I
2: see. Um, well, I, you know, uh, because I, I always think of my dad all the time, um, and he's such an integral part of my life and stuff, so uh, I always think of um, one of the, uh, the poems that have become part of my brothers and sisters. One is from The Cremation of Sam McGee. And it says, uh, you know, Sam McGee from Tennessee, where the cotton blooms and blows, why he left his home in the south to roam around the pole, God only knows. He was always cold, but the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell, though he'd often say in his homely way that he'd sooner live in hell. The most important part of that, though, the stanza coming up says, you know, a promise made is a debt unpaid and the trail has its own stern code. And so for us, our promise is we're going to create experiences in a hospitality field that that's going to blow people away. It's going to make them feel so wanted, loved, and special. And and for me, that's what drives me every day. And what I absolutely love about uh, experiencing the place that you, that you were overseeing the other night just floored me that this could exist in Brentwood, Tennessee. I was just... So touched, and every single one of the staffing came out and introduced themselves, and was so helpful. And they had no idea what to expect. And so it was. I was when you see that, and when you see other people doing it, it really inspires you to to even do better. So, thank you for having us there. Thank you for having us there today. And um, I love the trail that we're on, and I love the code that we live by.
0: I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and you could be a, a regular monthly. You can come in. Oh. And I would love to learn more about what you're doing. I could have talked to you another six hours. Oh, I mean, We could do this anytime. It's an honor to have you and Angel in studio today. Um, we'll see you again soon, man. I Best love
2: it. I love it.
0: So, wow. How fun was that? Uh, talking with Rob Floyd today. That guy's amazing. Uh, just a... A lot of energy, a lot of things going on, and uh, hopefully you were able to hear something about that. I, I teased in the beginning of the show. I said that if you would stay till the end, I had thoughts. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, when I asked him what's the number one thing that bar owners, restaurant owners, bartenders, anybody could do, and he said personal responsibility is the biggest thing. And I think my reaction, I think I just said, wow, okay, that's big. But since this conversation with Rob, I've talked to four different sales reps from different companies, and I'm talking big companies out there uh, that work with restaurateurs. And I talked about that answer to that question, and every single one of them said, oh, my God, yes. And I just thought, man, is this, is this like an epidemic that we're dealing with right now? And if you run a restaurant and you're not doing well, look in the mirror, look in the mirror and go, why am I not doing well? What is going on with me? Why is this this restaurant, this bar, why is it not happening? Some of it's out of your control. I guess some of it's location, some of it's whatever it is. But I just thought that was a powerful answer. And every rep that I talked to and I said, could you tell a customer that? And they said, oh, no, no, I can't tell them that. I'm selling food. I can't do that. I'm not going to tell you who the companies were or who the people were. It's not like you look at some restaurants like, how come they're so good? They got somebody in there who's operating it really, really well, who takes accountability and understands their shortfalls and has people that can fix that. Uh, It's really fascinating. And I just want to tell you, if you're out there right now and you're, you're having that struggle, look in the mirror. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But personal accountability, don't take that and go, that's somebody else. If you're blaming other people all the time for why you're not succeeding, mm. I can say it. Maybe it's you. Maybe you need to, to take a bite of humble pie and go, I got I to gotta figure this thing out. I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to help. I work with restaurants right now. I help people out and they call me and they go, hey, I'm having this. What's going on? I'm happy to, to, to sit and talk to you, whatever it might be, but... That was a very in- insightful comment. And I thought it was very good stuff. And sometimes it's it's a tough medicine to take. Then maybe it's you. So uh, think about that as best you possibly can. Maybe that's helpful. Maybe you're listening to this going, man, fuck you. I don't care. I, it's okay. Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting interesting take. And I thought that might be something that people out there could listen to and they could go hmm what can i do differently tomorrow and uh there's a lot of solutions out there a lot of people out there that want to help you part of that is partnering with a really good uh broadliner i think partnering with them and listening because they're in gosh you guys think these broadline companies and i'll I'll specifically talk about gordon food service and uh (laughs) Coincidentally, one of the people I talked to was not with. I didn't talk to anybody from Gordon Food Service. Nobody from Gordon Food Service said this. I'm sure it would be a similar conversation. But they partner with people. Listen to your vendors. Partner with, stop fighting with your vendors. If your vendor you don't trust, then find a new vendor. If you don't trust your vendors, if you're not working with your vendors, then find a new one. Find a new one that you trust that you can lean in and go, because these guys are in so many restaurants. There's so many restaurants, and they see everything. If you haven't called your rep recently and said, "Man, what are you seeing out there? What's going on out there? Hey, what can we do better here?" Ask your ask your broadline rep. What do you think we can do better? And be willing to listen. Uh, these guys know what they're doing. And if you don't partner, if you're using like five different companies, stop doing that. Find a really good one, and compare them all together. It's like finding a uh you know mayor or something find the one who believes the same things you believe or will challenge you but they are they are there to help you win all of them all of them want to help you win um i prefer i think gordon food service does a fantastic job because my personal experience with them is they partner really really well with you and they do an amazing amazing job but they all they all care about you. They all want you to win. But I am partial to Gordon because they're they're amazing people. Um, all right, there's my little diatribe, and uh, hopefully you're not too mad at me. Hopefully you can stop, take five minutes, and think about what I just now said, and uh, hopefully it helps you. Because look, my goal is not to 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 tear you down. My goal is to build you up. I want you guys to succeed out there, and I want you to win and uh, sometimes just these little things like these little tidbits that you get that might open your eyes and help you win because i want you to be profitable and i want you to create these experiences for your guests and i don't want you to blame everybody else i want you to i want you to to fix what's not working and if it is working and you're doing all these things then awesome congratulations you're crushing it and i'm proud of you and that's amazing and if you're doing that really well contact me because i want i want to hear your story i want to know why I want to share it with other people. Uh, Find me on Instagram at Brandon underscore NRR. Send me a DM. Let's talk about it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you are being safe out there. I love you guys.